The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Pancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on June 26, 2011, based on Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 29. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit speaks to us and through which Jesus himself brings us his truth is Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 29, the gospel that you heard read earlier today. Please give your attention once again to a portion of that reading. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ Jesus, fellow saints washed in the blood of our risen Savior, for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. As Jesus spoke those words, How believable do you think they were? Now picture the circumstances under which Jesus spoke them. He was standing before Pontius Pilate on trial for his life. Already beaten and condemned by the Jewish Sanhedrin, there did not seem to be much hope for him. He looked so weak and helpless. Can we really blame Pilate for his responding what is truth? Oh, he knew Jesus was innocent, but what truth would that good what, what good would that truth do? And we too live in an age, in a time when truth seems so fluid, we may well ask, what good can truth do anymore? Look at how political truths change with the latest polls. Or think about what they call scientific truths. Who can argue with proven facts? And yet, have you noticed how The explanations for those facts change over time. Just compare a science book from the 50s to today. In the modern mind, there is no sure and certain truth. It's always changing. But none of that is the kind of truth that we long for in our hearts, is it? That truth that is sure and firm and solid. I have come into the world to testify to the truth, Jesus says. We cannot discover this solid, sure truth in the world around us or in our own natural hearts. Rather, it comes from the one who came from out of this world. Do you long for that truth that does not change, that rock-solid, sure foundation? Do you long for that truth that does not depend on your observation, your experiences, or your feelings, but stands sure and firm no no matter what? Then listen. Listen to him who comes from out of this world to bring us that truth that does not change. And as he speaks to us here today through these, these words from the Sermon on the Mount, he urges us to put that truth into practice. As Jesus closes the Sermon on the Mount, 
with some vivid pictures, he brings home that point to put his truth into practice. And that's what we could paraphrase these words of Scripture as. Jesus saying to you and to me, practice my truth. And how do we do that? First, don't believe the false disguises. Rather, build your faith and life on the sure foundation. This is how we put his truth into practice. This is what the Holy Spirit works in us as we take to heart these words that Jesus brings. Jesus says, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Now, many claims of truth come from outside the visible church. We talked about the claims of scientific truths earlier, and if you get down to it, all world religions claim truth, don't they? But these truths that come from outside the visible church don't try to dress themselves up as if they were Christian. They don't pretend to be following Jesus. They don't try to disguise themselves in that way as if they were his sheep. And so, in a way, you can say it's, it's easy for us to see that these truths are, are wolves and those who teach them. Even though they may be quite nice and friendly people, yet they are not claiming to be speaking the words of Jesus. And so, it's evident that what they are saying doesn't come from him. They, they, they may well be wolves, but not wolves in sheep's clothing. For you see, in these words here, Jesus is warning us against a much more deceptive kind of teacher. Not just a wolf, but a wolf in sheep's clothing. One who claims to be speaking Jesus' words, but changes them. One who dresses himself or herself up in Christian words and actions. And you'll find them in in church pulpits and pews, they are pretending to be following the good shepherd, pretending to be his sheep. And that's why Jesus calls them here wolves in sheep's clothing. They even talk a lot about Jesus. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Lord, didn't we read from your word and have programs to help the poor? Didn't we build beautiful churches in your name and in your name work to better our communities? How does Jesus respond? I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. For they were wolves in sheep's clothing. On the outside they looked good and Christian. But the fruit, the fruit was bad. And that's how we distinguish, isn't it, between wolves in sheep's clothing and true teachers of the word. Jesus points us to the fruit trees to show us how to tell the difference. And notice in this illustration, both the good and the bad trees bear fruit, don't they? On the outside, they both look the same. They're covered with leaves. You can see the fruit there, but when you taste the fruit, then you know the difference. Then you can tell the good tree that produces the good fruit that is nutritious and and healthy to our faith compared to the fruit from the bad tree that sickens and even kills. 
for it is poisonous. By their fruit you will recognize them, Jesus tells us. Now the fruit that a teacher or preacher or prophet produces is the lessons they teach, the words they they proclaim and preach. Do their words match up with what the Bible says? Do their teachings line up with the truth that Jesus has revealed in the Holy Scriptures? If so, they are good trees, producing good fruit. If not, then they are wolves in sheep's clothing. Don't believe their false disguise. Don't believe it no matter how good and kind it might look on the outside. If their fruit, their teaching does not match what God's word says, watch out for them. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. For you see, the truth that Jesus proclaims, the truth that he has brought into this world, is first and foremost that promise. That promise of full and free forgiveness through his blood sacrificed on the cross for you. You had a wonderful summary of that promise in the second lesson today from Romans 3. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. What a promise Jesus reveals. What a promise. He says to you, dear sinner, you are justified freely before God because I have paid for your sins. I have ransomed you with my blood. What a promise Jesus makes. That's the truth that Jesus brings. And how do we put this promise into practice? How do we practice Jesus' truth? By believing it. That's what a promise calls for, isn't it? It calls for faith. And the power and faithfulness of the one who makes that promise calls forth that faith from within our hearts. Practice my truth, Jesus says. First of all, believe his promise. Believe all of his promises in faith. Faith that does not feast on the bad fruit. Faith that flees from the wolves in sheep's clothing. Faith that rather feasts on the good fruit that Jesus teaches. Don't believe the false disguises Believe my promises. Practice my truth, Jesus says to you and to me. How we need to take those words to heart. How we need to be on our guard. For we live in a world that has a lot of deceptive truths out there. Just this past week, I was listening to someone proclaiming God's word and at times he was talking about Jesus and his suffering and even talked about how his blood Uh, atones for sin. It was the gospel I was hearing. It sounded good. But then it shifted. And he started to quote from Isaiah chapter 1. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet. But then he continued, they can be as white as snow. Rather than what the scriptures say there, they shall be as white as snow. Do you see how that 
little change of word changed the gospel promise of forgiveness into only a potential for forgiveness? In the context of the rest of what he was saying, what he meant was, yes, Jesus paid for sin, and you, but you can only have that. You could be forgiven only if you are converted and follow in his ways. Otherwise, his blood didn't really pay for your sins. That's not the gospel promise. That's an example of that wolf in sheep's clothing that sounds Christian and uses Christian words, but at least at that point, was not proclaiming the gospel. For a gospel that is conditioned on us is no gospel at all. For how could we ever know the forgiveness? How could it ever be a sure foundation? How could it be an absolute truth? it depended on our actions. Beware of sheep, of, of wolves in sheep's clothing. Practice Jesus' truth instead. Don't believe the false disguises. Rather, hold on to his truth. His truth of full and free forgiveness. Hold on to that in faith. And this faith this faith that believes the gospel of full and free forgiveness in Christ. This faith is, is like a little child who has just been told the good news that grandpa and grandma are coming and they're bringing gifts. Such a child can't sit still, can he? First of all, he wants to know more. He wants to know when are they coming, how long are they staying, what are they bringing. He eagerly wants to help out to get the house ready so that everything is in place when they come. He watches and anticipates their arrival. That's faith. Faith in the promise. You see, faith doesn't simply hear the word of promise and then file it away. Faith doesn't say, well, now I know about forgiveness, now I can get back to my life and making my way through this world. That's building a house on sand. Rather, think of that child. Faith, like that child, wants to know more. Faith doesn't simply hear the gospel and file it away. It wants to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It treasures his truth. It cherishes that word of God, the Bible, that brings us that truth from out of this world. Faith wants to grow in that knowledge so that we can distinguish between good, sound doctrine and the bad fruit. Yes, faith that believes the promise wants to keep on growing. But there's more here as well, right? That, that child couldn't sit still. And so also faith is busy and eager to do good. Faith wants to live for him who died for us. Faith wants to do the will of our Heavenly Father and put into practice his commands, obeying his law. Faith is busy and active, doing what our Lord wants us to do in our lives. For faith knows that our, our, our life that is built on the sure foundation of God's word isn't simply confined to an hour Sunday morning, but every day, every day we want to be growing in that knowledge and busy doing our Father's will. Yet faith also realizes that such a life built on the sure foundation will not necessarily be an easy life. When you look at 
that sandy piece of ground so close by, doesn't it seem like it would be easier to build our life, our faith and life there, rather than hauling everything up to that higher rock? That's the way our natural minds think. But faith knows that no matter how steep the path Jesus leads us on, the foundation he gives us, the truth that he proclaims, will not fail, will not crumble. It is a sure foundation for our faith and life. And so, when our faith and life are built on that sure foundation of God's word, then our faith and life will also stand firm, just as God's word stands firm forever. Our faith and life that stands firm on the foundation of God's word will endure even the the rains of trouble that come down on us or the flood of problem that rises up against us. Yes, even when death itself blows hard against us. A faith built on the rock-solid foundation of Jesus Christ and His Word, His truth, will not fall. And so such a faith, as the troubles of life beat down on us, such a faith eagerly anticipates and awaits our Savior's return when he will take us into that glory of heaven. Build your faith and life on the sure foundation of God's word and truth. Notice how as Jesus closes his Sermon on the Mount, he uses that vivid picture. Don't be among those who only hear the word, but don't put it into practice. That's building on sand, and that falls. Rather, hear his word and put it into practice. Yes, practice his truth. And how do we do that? By believing his promises and by obeying his commands, following his will in our lives. Then we are building on the rock. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.